Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, 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 Image. We create our own realities and words. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Geek Chat. I am your host, Desmond, and with me as always... Oh, is your co-host, Rich. I, I just want to say with me as always is, is Rich, Aww. you know, because you're more than just my co-host. You better my, be. You're my friend. Oh, that's so special and sweet and it, sickening. We need, a, we need a caption that says, as they look longly, longly into each other's eyes. As my eyes twitching. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hope you are having a great day or night whenever you are listening to this. Um, we are live on MixLR Monday, 6 to 7 p.m. And then it goes to SoundCloud on Tuesdays, Stitcher, iTunes, and other various places. Always search for us under The Geek Chat. Don't forget we have a Facebook group where you can go and post and talk to Des and I and all our other wonderful members. Look up The Geek Chat. In case you're wondering what you're listening to, this is a weekly comic book podcast where we talk about comic books that were released in the past week. We also go into, uh, sometimes he'll break into song or some weird monologue. I don't know what we're going to do with Desmond some days. Um, we're hoping to be at... Comic Con, so if you're there, you can look us up. We might be at WonderCon. Des, I think, will be at WonderCon, so be sure to say hi to him. Still haven't decided yet. Still haven't? Well, you know, for all you listeners out there who are DC fans, DC will be revealing all the lineups to the new Rebirth titles at WonderCon with a special presentation, and they're going to be doing it live via satellite. I don't know if that's how people do things anymore. I don't know. But they're going to be doing it, streaming it live as well because they feel this is going to be so big, like you need to know what's going on. We talked a little bit in this week's What You Talking About Facebook, which is now available on Thursdays, um, about a little bit about the rebirth that, that some of our customers and some of the online people have been discussing about it. Um, Considering doesn't I hardly ever really, you know, review DC comics, this whole rebirth might be a great thing for you and us. Here's hoping. We've got a great show for you tonight. We've got a bunch of new number ones. Some doesn't I agree on, some doesn't I don't agree on. That's the normal for us. Um, but it's going to be a fun show. We've got two new number ones from Marvel. We're going to be taking a look at the I Hate Fairyland, the arc wrapped up. And let me tell you... Ooh, this is a good book. This is so not your average comic book. No superheroes, just a lot of fun. And with that, I will start with our brand new Power Man and Iron Fist. Came out this week. Power Man and Iron Fist haven't had a comic book in, good lord, decades. I don't even remember if they've had a comic book since I've been open. I don't think they have. Um, this one just started up. The Boys Are Back from Marvel Comics. David Walker was the writer, Sanford Green was the artist, Lee Lowridge was the color artist, and VCs Clayton Cowles was the letter and production. And you know what? We got to meet these people at a convention because like you said, 
I want to get, we should do a little focus on what these people do in production. I'll tell you who didn't do their job. Um, let's see. Could it be Kathleen Wisniewski, assistant editor? Jake Thomas was an editor. Axel Alonzo was the editor-in-chief. None of them missed a huge, glaring mistake with word bubbles. And how that made it through three different editors, we'll never know. So, starts off, we the boys are back together. They do a really good job giving a little of the, the backstory and the history of what they used to do together during Heroes for Hire. But they really started off with a classic um, friend of the family, I'll say, is how they get back together by someone that used to work with them that was in jail. Yes. So the whole story is built around them coming together to help their old friend. Which is a good, you know, talking about family and, and you know... Family is in this a lot. Yeah, yeah. We get to see uh, Luke and the baby and Crystal and Crystal. Uh, I left calling her Crystal. Crystal. That's that was her. That was her. Um, Jewel. Ju- I thought it was Crystal. No, Crystal's an inhuman. Oh, who was boinking Johnny Storm, and now Johnny Storm's boinking his or her I know, sister. Crazy, but that's a whole nother story. That's family. Yes. Too. So Jewel. Jewel. Sorry. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Straight yes. from the TV show, which had maybe five lines, but I thought was cute was the whole. Um, it it kind of reminds me of when. Like you and Paul or me and Coog, and you're like on the phone and be like, hey, say hi for me, and you never do. D- did she say, did, 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 did he hear I said hi? You know, it was really cute. They showed a lot of personality in this book, which if it, as a number one, it's good to start your readers off with something. I agree. Um, again, the just now I don't want to beat a dead horse, but that editorial mistake was really rough. Yeah, it pissed, it hit, it pissed Frank off. Yeah, <laughs> well, because it hit and it really took you out of the story because it because, made no sense. Well, it didn't make any sense in the context because because they had built it up because Luke Cage is a, a kinder, softer Luke Cage after he has had. You know, after him and Jessica had the baby. So he says a different word instead of the F word. (laughs) And Johnny or Danny starts calling him out on it. And and he's and they're making a big point about it. But the word bubble was was reversed, was put to the wrong people. So so the 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 funny joke or the punchline didn't hit because it was coming out of the mouth of the wrong person. So it's just really kind of it was just jarring. But, you know, I literally, you know. I literally stopped reading, you know, put it back in its, you know, I put it back in its bag and board, you know, I wiped my butt, flushed the toilet, and I kind of left it in the bathroom for a minute. <laughs> wow, I was just hello. Like, I couldn't deal with it. I was just like, Geez. I knew it was coming because I hadn't read it yet. So I knew because of Frank's post that, oh, okay, because it really makes no sense. I do like the fact that they took this hardened man and now has been softened by a child and a wife. We all swear, I have a a horrible mouth. And I think it's funny because I'm not a parent, but you kind of have to think about that. And they do with with little baby Danielle swearing all this. So I I like the little fiddle faddle. I I thought it it gave a little bit more heart to this. This book's got heart. You know, I do think I'm a huge fan of Sanford Green, but I do think that the his art in some areas did seem a bit rushed or oh, yeah. really or it really was 
I'm going to use the word sloppy, but only not in saying that it was bad. It was just that it was this very loose. I guess loose is a better word. The art is very loose in 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 it. Um especially when Danny uses his, you know, his uses his martial arts, there is where it really starts to work and really flow, but just in normal pages. I don't know, just something about the art was a bit different. So um, I got to say, in it. I don't know, as someone that liked the art, and yes, I agree, it's very looser. You know what I really liked about this is what? that there's different body styles. No two people really looked alike. And I have that problem when you and I are sitting and we're reading a book, and the only reason you can tell the people apart is because of their costumes. Because if you took their hair off and their costumes off, they would all look alike. Here, you've got different body types. I love the ending. With BM. Yeah. Why was Tombstone looked weird, though? Tombstone did look a little different you know, than because he's used he used to. The big... He looked like a, like, I think the big lips made him look more like a shark. Yeah, he looked, or Edward G. Robinson or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was like, he was very, he was channeling, I think Green was channeling Edward G. Robinson and, like, Tiger Shark. I don't know. <laughs> so I'll say, we were talking about it, I don't remember where, but you and I were talking about Iron Fist new costume. I am not a fan of this new costume in red. Really? Don't the colors in this book? I will say one thing: the colors in this book were very muddy. Everything was brought down. the The tone of the book, I just feel, was a little too dark. Um, I do like the little twist at the end. I mean, I saw it coming. It was kind of telegraphed. I didn't know. No, no, I didn't know. Remember, I didn't really. I didn't really read Heroes for Hire that much. I didn't start until much later. So they, it looks like they're they're going back and they're harking back to like the first run of mm-hmm. Heroes for Hire. So that's why I was like, I had to look up the friend, and so I was just like, I had to look the people up, and I was like, oh okay. You know? But what does that say now as a new raider? Who's gonna go look that up? Who's gonna take the time to do that? So was that was it a good thing that they started this book using the past? With someone having no prior knowledge, or do you think it's fine for the average reader to pick up just saying, okay, I'll go with it? Um, I think they should have did both. I think, here's the thing, and I think that Jeff, this is why Jeff Johnson's a master at it, is you need to kind of weave in new ideas with, with the past. So that's why I'm hoping that we get to see new stuff as well. Um, I will have to disagree with you about uh, Danny's new costume. I love it. I think it, it it harkens back to uh, Kill Bill. You would tell no, me. No, was uh, Bruce Lee. Game oh, of Bruce death. Lee gets it. Yeah, Bruce Lee's Game of Death is where it, uh, with him wearing the like like the Adidas tracksuit, except it's except it being uh, black on yellow. It's uh, yellow on green. So, which is amazing. Well, I don't understand why he wears the mask though. He, need, he doesn't need to wear the mask anymore. I mean, I get it, but I always thought the that mask was always kind of weird. But how does he really? How does it work? You put a handkerchief on yourself, cut two eye holes out. It really doesn't sit there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is, it is, the thing is, is he just doesn't need to do the mask. Is my thought. I will you know? be reading the number two. I like. Oh it. no, I'll read the number and two. And you want to well, know what? But... I think is interesting. Marvel has not said this really is a creator and an artist that are both black. Now, does that relevant? I mean, they're making a really big deal for Black Panther. But with this, it kind of just slipped through the crack. Yeah, I well, just want to give both of them credit because it was a really i enjoyed it it was a good number one it was barring the editorial snafu, snafu. It my was god i can't good. believe we both thought of that word. well it's a good word um <laughs> frank 
loved the art and he loved the the new costume. So thank you, Frank. And uh, he says that the the villain that was brought at the end is the main villain in the Luke Cage next Netflix series. So it really? makes sense that she would be there. That is awesome. So I'm like, who are they going to get to play that? You know, it's really weird. Out of all of the out of all of the Netflix Marvels coming out, the one that I'm most excited for is the Luke Cage one. Really? Because yeah, because I want to see I want to see um, Danny in it, and I want to see. I don't know. It, it's the one that looks like it's not going to be as as dark as either Daredevil or Jessica Drew was. That's what I'm hoping. You know, I'm hoping it's a little bit more lighter, but still able to be grounded. You know, that's what I'm hoping is it's not as depressing. You know what I loved? We got the oh sweet Christmas. Yes. Oh, uh, Frank says double stick tape. He's not a he's he's not a uh, so a, like J Lo. No, no, he's not a uh, burlesque dancer. Okay. okay. <laughs> so what's next on our list rich i don't know what do you want to do? do you want to continue with the number ones sure all right so a couple with- hours before this podcast i texted des and i'm like did you read tomb raider and he texted me back yes and i was like fuck now i have to read it so <laughs> so yeah tomb raider uh number one from dark horse comics oh boy <laughs> All right. Here we go. The You're script was by Mariko Tamikai. Line art was Philip Sive. Colors are Michael Atie. Lettering was Michael Hessler. I have never read a Tomb Raider comic. I've never played the game. I've never seen the movie. You I never know- saw the movie? Oh, God, no. Really? I, I don't like to sit through movies. Angelina Jolie fan. Mm-hmm. Seriously, no, I'm not kidding. I thought you uh, you seem like the type that would like love her. We'll talk about how I feel about her personally and her acting when we're done oh, with the oh, show. Okay, okay, that that's for uh, that's for geek chat after dark. That's not even after dark. <laughs> that's a libel hap waiting to happen. Yeah, or no slander. Let's so, not do it. No, let's not do um, it. I've never seen any of the movies. I have no clue who this character is. Well. And I so am not reading the second it's issue. It's not based on any of that. The only thing that this 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 book is based on the re the the, the reimagining of her from her new video game, which in which she has two video games that have come out. Um, the second one being an Xbox exclusive. But this is about that um, that Tomb Raider, and it's when she was younger. It's when she was becoming a Tomb Raider. So this is all about her learning about, you know, being an archaeologist and being an adventurer and all this. So what did stuff. you think of it? Um, Be honest, because I have your text. <laughs> uh, having played the first game uh, of the new the the new Tomb Raider game that came out for uh, I think it came for PS4. No, it came out for PS3. I'm sorry. Uh, last couple years ago, I really liked that game. You know, so I was hopeful that this would this comic book would capture that, and then unfortunately, it, it did. didn't really do that. Um, I did like that they used some of the some of the same mechanics that they used in the in the video game, in which she had to, um, she had to like really close her eyes and think about what's going on, and she had to listen to her hearing to hear stuff because that's what you have to do when you're. She had to listen to her hearing. Well, she had to. Yeah, yeah. She had. <laughs> she had to. She, she had to like close yeah, her eyes and like listen to. the I world get it. So Daredevil very, does it too. Yeah, it's very Daredevil esque, but but I don't know. I just it's, it's like Indiana Jones. It's like uh, I don't know. I, I just didn't think that there wasn't enough meat in it. There to was grab me. nothing. We got 
the glimpse of some weird Rocky-faced villain with other Rocky-faced villains. We got her fighting with some almost blind girl, which the fight scenes she were She wasn't almost so... blind. She, she covered her eyes because she was teaching her how to fight without her eyes. No, they say you're almost blind. I, yeah, but... The whole... The like, the fight blind. scenes were bad. The, the intro to the book starts you where she's in some cavern falling and... Just the whole page layouts were bad. The art is so uninspired. I can't. I'm trying to stay positive with this book, but I can't. I will not be reading the number two. Um, I did think that the subject matter was handled a lot better with Danger Girl, honestly. Um, but it's a number one. Uh, if you played the video game, I think it's awesome, though, that, that this is a comic book based on a video game character, not the other way around. You know, it's like usually we get video games based on comic books or we get movies based on comic books. So it's kind of funny that this is a video game property that has tried to uh, bridge the gap. I know Gail Simone wrote Tomb Raider 2 uh, before, and I didn't read I didn't really read her run on that, but I, I heard it was pretty good. So and I was hoping that again, I was hoping that this would be a lot better than what it was. So I, I was I was. I, eh, I was really sad that it was. It was not. So I'm probably not going to pick up the other one as well. So let's continue our crap fest train with oh. Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Now, I liked this one. From Boom Studios. This I, is number one of four. Um, <laughs> written by Brian Joins. Art by Bakken. Colors by Jeremy Lawson. And letters by Jim Campbell. The only review I'm going to give this, loyal listeners, is that I made it four, five, maybe six pages in and said, fuck this. And I put it down. What? I could not get past any of it. What? Why? Um, so, A, the way they talk. <laughs> but <laughs> This is so dated. And to read it, it hurts to even, your of brain hurts dated. reading it. It's about something that happened in the 90s. Of course it's the dated. The art was so just... I don't know. This book was not for me. <laughs> what did you think of it? Uh, well, here's the thing. If you know anything about Bill and Ted, first there was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Then there was Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Well, the original title for Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was Bill and Ted Go to Hell. But the censors did not like that, so they made them change the the name of it and a couple of other you know key details. So for that, I'm happy that we're we're finally getting you know that title in this book. I think that's kind of cool. The only problem is it's like 25 years too late. <laughs> too late. So I'm like, Ugh. and I know that people are trying to cash in on on the Nostalgious. 90s stuff and the nostalgia stuff, but it was I did feel it was difficult, and I hadn't. They the the writer really captured um, how Bill and Ted talk and how their mannerisms were, and it's it's interesting because it if you watched Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey at the end they go out and they become they they go into the future and then they come back and they become like wild stallions they become like major megastars. Well, this takes place if in fact that they did not do that. So it makes it like they're still young and they're still trying to become. Uh, and they have babies and wives and, and they robots have and they and have wives and so it, it's oh. a little. It is a little convoluted, but uh, the, how this one fits into the to the other trilogy. But 
but the robots are there. And, and it, so, I mean, in that, it was a bit nostalgic. But the thing about it, though, is like reading it is much different than hearing it. So when I'm hearing it in the movie and there's actors and they're portraying it, I'm like, okay, like this is their character. But when I was reading it, it was just really because like I, I hadn't thought in those terms you know, and the no way and the bogus and all this other stuff. So it was it was charming, but a whole like four issue comic about that. I don't know. And the skit where they do their guitar and the no- like yeah, they, in the they movie the you have the guitar behind it, and really in the panels it just looks like they're having a weird seizure. I don't know. I don't think it takes place in the eighties, uh, Frank. I thought it took place in the. Um, I thought I thought Bill and Ted was a, was an early '90s movie. I'll have to check and see about that. Frank well, says it took place in the '80s. I don't I think don't, so. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't born yet. Sure. Moving right along. Move. Oh, we can't sing. That's right. So you could sing it. You just can't sing the whole thing. Moving right along. That's from the Muppets. Yeah, you could. That's fine. I don't I think guess. they're gonna. Si- well, I don't know. Uh, you know them Disney people. <laughs> ABC's coming for you. <laughs> they might try to change our show. <laughs> All right. So let's do a Marvel number one this week. Well, the second number one, I should say. Uh, standoff. Welcome to Pleasant Hill. You're yawning. You were that bored? Nah. So the writer was <laughs> Nick Spencer. The penciler was Nick Bagley. Scott Hanna was the inker. Paul Mounts was the colorist. And VC's Clayton Cowles was the letterer. I think it's funny that that S.H.I.E.L.D. watches old Ron Howard movies. <laughs> to make this movie, to make this thing this new work. Pro- yeah. So let's see. We've had The Raft, <laughs> The Vault, Negative Zone, which was, what, 42. What was that? Area 42, Zone 42, whatever that was. And now we have Pleasant Hill, which is just another prison for unrehabilitative, unrehabilitatable, whatever the word is. Unrehabilitatable. Yes, that. That sounds villains. right. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. So when you think about the concept, you're like, okay, uh, that sounds pretty cool. We're going to, you know, incarcerate these people with them not knowing. We're going to stick them in this weird city with false memories and, uh, well, no memories, really. Just false identities and let them walk around. But for some reason, under their disguises, they're wearing their real costumes um, as they walk around doing things. And there's a strange little girl who lets birds fly. Do you want to live there? No. Uh, this just in, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the first movie, came out in 1989. And the second one came out in the 90s. So they You're were... both right. You're both pretty. Mm. There you go, Frank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> would I like to live in Pleasant Hill or wherever the place is? No. Because two things. I've seen The Truman Show. And I have no desire... You know, to go there. I think this is silly. I'm Mayor Hill. I, I think it's silly. You know, I knew something was going on, and it looks it's, it's so much like The Prisoner and, you know, a whole bunch of other things. The Saint, I think, was not The Saint. Uh, it was The Prisoner. You know, I, I just expected, like, white bubbles to flo- fly around when he tried to escape. It's just like, uh. so So they're basically putting unrehabilitatable, you know, villains in, like, a virtual status or something or, or something not a virtual status but making them think that they're in this town that they can live out the rest of their lives instead of you know solitary confinement or in prison so 
I just want to know what their due process was. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Does Shield use you know due process for them because they're villains? Hmm. I don't know. There's 15 side titles to this book. Yeah, that's that's good for you, Marvel. I'm not going to read them. Well, you are because some of them are the books we review and we read normally. Oh. Uh, so the whole thing, we're just going to spoil it for you folks. Is all we got out of this was Baron Zemo and the Fixer and. Winter Soldier are back. But for some reason, Baron Zemo and the Fixer were both in their full costumes, which Desna I thought were really weird that they're... Well, no, because it starts off at the end. It starts off at the... Well, the Wizard. The Wizard? I keep thinking of the Wizard, but it's not the Wizard. The Wizard is the speedster that's the villain. Sorry, right. the Fixer. Sorry. Fixer from the Thunderbolts. F- yes. This all goes right to the new Thunderbolts book. Exactly. That's all, this whole thing is just leading up to one fucking book, people. Which is awesome, though, because I thought I thought it was great that Mark Bagley was back to, to do it. The Thunderbolts, since I know. he was in Thunderbolts. Yeah. But the thing that, that kind of got me was, number one, all the stuff from Fear Itself still happened. So if you didn't like that series... Too bad it's still canon because um, Bucky. Fear itself. Yeah, that was the one where Bucky became uh, took over for Nick Fury. Nick Fury was hell old. Not fear itself. That was fear itself. Yeah, it was. fear itself was the one with um, Red Skull. No. Yes. Then what was the one where where Nick Fury whispered in? In uh, was that fear itself? That's fear itself. I don't know. All those things are starting to blend in. Anyway, so so Bucky took over for Nick Fury <laughs> and lives on the moon, who protects the Earth from alien threats. And so Bucky came down to Earth, and and was investigating this stuff. And then he gets captured, and we get a little. And it's obviously that he must be in Pleasant Hill or whatever, because we get a little bit of a a, a hint of him. Because he doesn't have any memories to implant or erase because he's been erased so many times. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool. But the fact that uh, Fixer was able to free himself from the mind w- wiping because he subconsciously in Sleepwalk built something that would restore his mind. I thought that was really kind of clever. And so he knew what was going on. And then when he sprung Baron Zemo... Yeah, I was like, okay, but the but the thing that I didn't like was the fact that Baron Zemo and Fixer, once they found out who they were, on the last page they were all geared up and ready to go. Yeah, and I'm like, sense. eh, that's kind of silly. So Kook says that Standoff, Avengers Standoff, was really. Oh, I'm sorry. Wayward it's original Pines. sin. Original sin. Thank you. Like, I knew Fear itself was the one with Red Skull. Oh, whatever. Fear itself, Fear original itself. sin. Who said that? Frank. Frank did. Thank you, Frank. You know the uncola. They're all catchphrases. Ah. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> so, are we going to continue this story? Am I? Well, we kind of have to. That doesn't standoff lead into civil war at some point? Probably. Or Thunderbolts number one. I'll read Thunderbolts number one because I, I liked I liked the original run on Thunderbolts. I thought it was Who's really the good. Little girl is she part Cosmic Cube? Yeah, she had a Cosmic Cube in her belly. Kind of like head. Steven Universe? No, she has a cosmic cube in her head, and she's like, she's uh, the daughter of Zorn. <laughs> Come on, that would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, they can't use, uh, they're not going to use Zorn. Why can't they use Zorn? Because. Because what? Because you don't like Zorn? No, because it can't be in their movie, so why use it? <laughs> there you go. We can't so, have Zorn in the movie. <laughs> so what book you want next? Zorn be damned. We can't do it. Nope. We can't do it, because Zorn, we don't own, we don't own Zorn. 
Well, the um, one he's was in the Uncanny X Men, which you didn't read. I read Uncanny X Men. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. What? What? I didn't think you read that. Yes. <laughs> you gave up on that one too. No, I read that one. <laughs> I I read those. Oh, go oh God, y'all. Rich is drunk. I am not. He's he's in the studio, drunk people. Don't just, slander my name. I'm not drunk. tossing Cookies. microphones everywhere. Uh, Squadron Supreme number four. What an awesome book this is. Now, if you want your legacy characters, here you go. I know. I like. That. Wow. I'm just like so cool. Um. So we got Squadron Supreme number four. Uh, writer is James Robinson. A penciler is Leonard Kirk. Inkers are is Paul Neary and Mark Deering. Uh, color artist is Frank Martin. And a VC's Travin Lanham is... I said Travis Lanham. Oh, I didn't hear the S. Yes, Travis Lanham. I'm doing this because Frank is always <laughs> criticizing us, so I'm trying to be very precise in how I pronounce his name. You can mess very up all good. you want. I'm going to mess up all I want. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> so I respect the creators. So... So Squadron Supreme is protecting the Marvel Universe by any means necessary. Um, and I guess they do. But they go to Weird World. Everyone's going to Weird World. I don't, they really like playing around in Weird World. You yep. like you notice that? I, I Personally, I thought Weird Weird World was one of the coolest things to come out of Secret Wars. I really enjoyed the the original book with Archon and, and Morgan Le Fay and all that stuff. But the thing that I thought is crazy is that they're canceling Dark Knight. Which was uh, or Black Knight. Knight. Sorry, Black Knight. Yeah, they're canceling Black Knight. Black Knight. And I was just like, why are they doing that? But I guess the other Weird World title is doing well. But anyway, Weird World. Uh, we find our our band of anti-heroes. Heroes. They're various heroes. I don't know. They're on a world Weird World, and they're fighting folks. And I guess for some reason, um, Archon has been uh has been taken over by something he's uh not himself and then uh he attacks hyperion who has lost his powers for some reason i don't know what happened and then dr spectrum exploded maybe weird world is doing something to them and then all of a sudden dun 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 warrior woman our power princess actually reveals that she is warrior woman i loved it because she was from pre uh, she yep. was from uh, Squadron Sinister. Exactly. And I was like, awesome. She's back. Because I loved Squadron Sinister from uh, Civil, uh, sorry, from um, Secret Wars. Loved her. Loved that whole group. And the fact that she's back, I really hope, I wonder if she's going to be pregnant because she was pregnant in that one after the after everything was said and done. But yeah, she's a, she's a villain in this one. And she, you know, they take uh Nighthawk and uh the speedster hostage and then M- 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 Modred shows up and all these magic users I love that it's sort of fantasy um I was not prepared for the reveal although it makes of who's sense. alive well he's a spirit actually he's not really right. technically alive but I I I don't know if I'm happy You that used to have a crush on him that's why I still do but I mean, I just don't know about him being a villain you know Why I don't know, and then like Titania's, and she's. I loved how she said she she was like a a Femazon and and she was from the future, and I just you I liked know. this book. I really did. I really liked this this book. I am loving this book too. Yeah, but the the villain though is Doctor Druid. They brought him back, and I was like, really, Doctor Druid is trying to do stuff. 
and be a villain because his corporal self is gone and so he needed a uh uh his spirit like lingered and then he found its way to to uh weird world and was able to become whole again it's just i just love what james robinson is doing in this book it's he, he does these team books really well and, and it's like he really cares about the the source material and and about the history and just the fact that he brought in stuff from it's this is a really good book if you're not i like the this, reveal I, yeah. I will say the reveal about there were so many reveals in this yeah. book it's like i just like the, every page was a page turner for me and then seeing like uh and then seeing him, oh Christar. I was like, "Oh my god!" It's just- yeah, I'm wondering when they're going to do a Christar book. I don't think they are. No. I think I think he's just going to be a uh, side player. Yeah, great. This is just a really good book. If you're not reading it, it you is- know, it got trashed on one of the online. Of course, it did. Yeah, of course. Sad it did. because it was really good. The art is top notch. And I love the the just the reveal at the end. You know, with the, another person from weird. It's a really good book, you guys. Really good. What do you think about it, Rich? Oh, I really liked it. I've been, I've been a fan of this book now. Four issues in, and uh, no signs of stopping. I did not see Travin at first. You are, you are slandering me, Frank. No, you did. I did not. You did. did. Did not. You did. Anyway, what's next? I want to talk about a little book called "I Hate Fairyland." <sighs> Cheat that little, that little. You could say it. That little bitch got what she deserved at the end. She really did. The happy one? No, the oh. evil one. No, I think the happy one got it. No. I was happy with the happy one. I was one. not happy with what happened to her. Happy got what she deserved. No, she didn't. She did. No. That is why we work well together, because I'm never going to root for this little snot nose. I can't, I can't wait for her to come back. She Dark back. happy? Oh, she's going to come back. So we're talking about I Hate Fairyland number five. It wraps up the first arc. Uh, the story and art is by Scotty Young. Colors are by Jean-Francois Boulou. There you go, Frank. Butchering. <laughs> there you go, Frank. Lettering was Nate Picos of Blambot. Hmm. So. Last issue. Last. Well, for now. It'll be coming uh, back. Yeah, it'll be back. It'll be back. You know, this was only supposed to be a 48-page graphic novel. And they have made it into a very fun series that every issue you just, this poor little girl, Gertrude, is stuck, and she just wants to go home. They need to make this into an R-rated movie. Oh my God, I would so watch that. Like, and seriously. There's, there's this little bitch called Happy. and She is she's, amazing. She is so goddamn sweet, and ugh, and she got the key, this and whoever is, has the key can go, home. can go home. This literally is a story about me and Rich. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> seriously, Gene. If, if for the next for the next um for the next uh picture you do you gotta make rich as Gertrude and me as happy you gotta make that happen with with rich with his with his beard and like giant curls <laughs> like I'm Gertrude. telling you um <laughs> happy gets to go home but Gertrude Gertrude makes sure she doesn't and I don't want to spoil the ending but Let's just say Fluffing Fairyland has a new queen, and I cannot wait until it comes back. Read this I'm gonna trade. I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil it. You are going to yeah, spoil it? Yeah, she, she got what she deserved. She kills Happy. She kills the queen. She kills Happy, and then her last defiant act, she opens the door, she sees that she can leave, and then she kills the queen at the end. The final thing, and then she's cursed. And it's a curse. Whoever kills the queen becomes the new queen. So now she can't leave. She got what she deserved. 
I swear to God. Happy got what she deserved. No, too. I think Happy's going to be back. I think Happy's going to be back, and she's going to be pissed. I swear to God. Did you see the pinups at the end of the book? Yes. Uh, one of the, well, one of whatever's favorite books, Oddly Normal, made an appearance as well. I was so like, what? And then the one where she has the, uh, where she's holding the, 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 the heads the of the bunnies with, with the unicorn. <laughs> so this book comes out in a collection in trade on April 20th. You need to buy this book. It is hysterical. It's violent. It's just an all-around fun book. I cannot say enough good things about this. Cougar Andrew says um, uh, that uh, Avengers Standoff uh, was a Wayward Pines ripoff. Yeah, I said that. You um, me. I did ignore you. I didn't know what Wayward Pines was. I don't read it or watch it. <laughs> I don't read it. Or watch it. What is Wayward Pines? Explain. Uh, I didn't watch it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he tried to get me to watch it, and I watched like one episode, and I was like, okay, this is your show. I'm done. You're like, I, I read, I'll, I'll read it in Standoff. I don't need uh, yeah. to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dear. Standoff, uh, yeah, Standoff was just... So we're talking about I Hate Fairyland, which is just a great idea brought to paper. And I feel like Standoff is just, I don't know. We'll see where standoff goes, but I'm telling you, go read I Hate Fairyland because it was great. Charles, did you ever think that you were that you were gonna buy Tomb Raider or Bill and Ted's? Come on, this is not your demographic, dear. But we had, I understand that you weren't gonna buy it, and it's totally fine. Oh, oh, we're going back to the nineties again, aren't oh, we? Oh my god. We are going back to the nineties, y'all. Right? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I was so, like, I I have the whole run of the first series. You do? I love that book. So we're talking about a book called Wraithborn from the creator of Lady Mechanica, which was great. The story and script was Marsha Chen, story and pencils, Joe Benitez, inks, Joe Weems, colors, Studio F, Mike Gracia, letterers, comic craft, Michael Heisler. Um, I got to say, looking at this art, it totally took me back to the 90s. I felt like I was reading an old image book. Yes. <laughs> Everything about this. The girls with the little broken spines. Oh, my that, God. They'd have a hard time standing up. And the, and the, the hair. And, and her fighting. The giant, the, the, like, the, men with armor and... Yeah, and then the mask on their faces and oh the, the double God. swords. And That said, I enjoyed it, but holy crap. I felt this, like I was back in the 90s reading yep, an English book. All the, 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 every, the artwork, the fight scenes, the choreography of the fight scenes, the panel layouts. The panel layouts is, reads 90s. It is such a 90s book. And I loved Wraithborn. I loved what, uh, what he did in a lot of those early 90s books. He, I mean, he did Wraithborn. He did, what was the other one he did, which was the, um, oh my God, I can't remember. It, it was with the tech suits. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Yes, he had... She had an O face. It's it's the 90s. What were you expecting? I was expecting a giant penis in it. <sighs> no. Great book. If only for these this walk down memory lane. Because I really liked Wraithborn. I was he was one of those like back when remember when Brett Booth was really big oh. and like this was the whole they were that all part of that class of, of artists that was doing stuff like section eight and all those remember like whiplash and do you remember those books? Frank, there's a difference between recycling. Let me tell you. Reading this, it was a pleasant feeling. Reading this book, 
and seeing the art. It made me think back to, you know, earlier times when I was reading all these different superhero books. DC just can't get it right. They don't have recycling. They are recycling. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think it, you, people, what is it? There's only like eight like original stories in the whole world and everything else is just a variation on those. I mean, yeah, you just have to do something that's that, that's fun or that you like. I liked it. I am going to read number two. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to most likely pick them all up. I hope I ordered number two. <laughs> You should have. It really made me want to go into my um, into my back catalog and actually pull those out. And I've got to find out what that other um, the other book he did was with, it, was with it Weapon Zero or it was all weapons Benitez? something. Or yeah, I'll look it up. It was Talk. some other. He always it was always some weapon something or blade death fang. <laughs> those are all part of it, weren't they? Weren't they like? Wasn't it? Super Fang, no, 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 Super, but it was always some weird code name, you know, in those books in the nineties. Oh, I could not get enough of covert operation, covert organizations. So, yeah, Cyber Force. It wasn't Cyber Weapon Force. Zero. Weapon Zero. That was the one. I have all of the Weapon Zero books. Yikes! So this Wraithborn was a Wildstorm book. Yes. This Wraithborn, which is now under his own, it was used to be a Wildstorm book. Yes, that's where I read them all, like in the original Brett Booth stuff that he was doing. Like, you know, Brett Booth, I remember, we're going off topic, but I remember reading Brett Booth's or seeing his art for the first time in like an X-Men book where every single character was tall and thin and lanky. And they. I remember Brett Booth, he was one of like the 90s, like Joe Benitez, everyone's hair. <laughs> like he sat and drew every single strand of hair coming down off a head. Like that's what I'm, and now he's on the flash and everyone's still tall, long and lanky. Which is what he draws. I mean, that's how he, that is his style, is, is that. He doesn't believe in a world of fat people. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Oh, also, Frank was talking about uh, the Wayward Pines versus Standoff and how using different stuff. I mean, think about it. Both, what, Wayward Pines and and this is just a ripoff. And The of Prisoner the tr- or whatever you were you saying. Know, it's just a ripoff of The Truman Show, you know. The Prisoner, the prisoner wasn't. So much about them living in a like a. Why are you mooning the public? I'm not mooning the public. I'm trashing my back. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're being silly. But, but that living in a society that's like fake and stuff like that. That that's been done a whole bunch of times. So it's fine. But I just want to see what this, um, rebellion that they're going to do. Who else is stuck there? It's like, is that where? I don't know. We'll see. Well, think about it. Once Baron Zemo and Fixer starts. Uh, shining that light on it, other people. We're gonna get to see who other. I want to see the armadillo. What if the armadillo is there, in like Pleasant Hill? Wouldn't that be great? I love the armadillo. The armadillo is not what? there. He's not there because he was part of he was part of the Fight Club version of of Thunderbolt. Yeah, they don't want to remember that. But that was such a great. Uh, you're, uh, killing you're killing me. You're killing me with that. So we're gonna do this one book. Okay. Um, did you read it? I made it halfway through. Why? I did not enjoy this book either. I'll be honest, reader or listeners, this was a rough week for books and me. The books I, was, I really liked, someone didn't read. What? I did read them. I just didn't read that book. Yeah, I really liked that book. Well, you can talk about it too. All right. So we're going to go into Snowfall, number one. It's an image book by Joe Harris was the writer. Martin Morazzo was the artist. Kelly Fitzpatrick was the colors. Michael David Thomas did the letters, 
See, I got all those names right. I think Gene is going to do a uh, a thing of me being happy and you being Gertrude. Good. That means I get to kill you yet again. <laughs> In the year 2045, weather is a weapon, climate is catastrophe, and terror falls like snow. Yeah, if only the inside of the book was as good as that tagline they did. What did you think of this book? Um, Would you be reading number two? I don't know. They that had means a lot no. No, I don't know. They just had a lot of stuff going on. I mean, it, it was a lot of setup. A lot of setup, a lot of world building, another, you know, dystopian, well, pseudo dystopian society in which climate change has affected the earth and there's no more snow. And now I guess scientists are trying to um, manipulate the weather in order to create snow. And there's this one guy who 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 does it. And he's called the White Wizard, and he is able to produce snow. But all but all weather is um, controlled, and you know you'll have rain at a certain time. You'll it'll be dry for a certain time, and there's a, a bureau that basically governs when it's going to rain, when it's going to snow, and everything else. And and I was like, okay. And so he is he is you know the antagonist fighting this bureau. Um, and there's a college student who's like you know bernie sanders kind of he's like i will i'm gonna go and i'm going to fight and i'm gonna track down the white wizard and i'm going to be the next or your student or your robin or something and then the guy like he and he tracks the white wizard down and i'm like how can this college student track down this you know weather terrorist and the people of the bureau can't i'm like that's always surprised me it's like who are they hiring to do this covert operations i mean i get it's the government but damn blackwater <laughs> yes um and but the white i did like lizard. but i did like uh the the other the other person um the, the young kid no no the uh the the inspector who was finding out, uh, who was trying to find the White Wizard. I liked her design. I liked the way she looked. Uh, she looked really cool. Um, I mean, the style, the styling in the book looks good. The art is you know, fairly, fairly strong, but I just don't know if I care enough about um, the weather um, for it to be a comic like this. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's just... I mean, it's topical about because we are in a you know climate change is happening. So it's not that it's it's not a relevant story to what's going on today. It's just do I want to read a comic about it? And I'm not so sure. Even if it's in the future, um, I don't know. I'm still on the fence about it. I might read it as a trade uh, because then I because then you I have all of it. Yeah, once. I'll have all of it in one thing. But I, cause, oh, cause I don't know if it's going to be. I, I don't know. He's if this, hitting me. I'm hitting him. I just don't know if this is going to be. Uh, able to be sustained as a full comic. Although I said the same thing about Rumble, although Rumble has a lot more going for it. Ooh, Rumble's good. So to recap, we reviewed one, two, three, four, five, six number ones, and I will only read two of them. Well, three, maybe. Well, maybe. It's not for everybody. No. But that's everybody. why we do this. Yes, it is. Um, so, so the last book that we're going to discuss a little is going to be Extraordinary X-Men. So I've hit, well, I really haven't bit my tongue for all this, but I've not been a fan of what they've been doing with the X-Men in any of the books, really. Um, 
just because of being an X fan for so long and the, the direction that Marvel is taking these X books, I just feel is very, I don't know, either unnecessary or redundant. I just feel like a lot of it, we've been there, done this. And then came along Extraordinary, or I'll say what it is, Extraordinary X-Men. This is the first issue I haven't felt like is just extraordinary. Um, so, number seven was written by Jeff Lemire. Victor Ibanez was the artist. J. David Ramos was the color artist. And VCs Joe Carmanga, Caramanga um, did the lettering. So, the book... Why I liked this book, I'll just say why. You see exactly what has traumatized Nightcrawler to the fact that he saw dead mutants thrown in a pit. And um, Gene and Storm saw it through their eyes, through his eyes. That was about one of the only things I got to say I really, 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 really liked about this book. But the art really, I mean, that was the thing. It was such a change from the art that I'm used to. Right. When we, when you had come in and we were talking um, that, uh, we, I tell you why I like the art. This is something different. We're used to, uh, well, especially the artist on this book, people being exaggerated. Yeah, that's what I was, exact same words. So this artist is showing you what these people would look like it's it's highly stylized art to the fact that he draws mouths open with teeth and you see expressions it is something different that i haven't seen on an x book in a while especially the the x books that are out right now all have distinct styles you've got greg land uh and you know how i feel about that where everyone looks exactly alike you've got Bagley, who I don't think is putting his all into his all-new X-Men, but even there, they're really cartoony. And I think this artist, it, it, it was very jarring. Some of the art in this was jarring. Seeing Bobby's costume on what would be a real human, it does not look right at all. I don't even understand why Bobby's wearing this hideous outfit. I just want to talk about the outfits for a minute because Jean debuts her new costume, and it's... um. A nice costume, a bit retro. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work. And Storm's hair, I don't think they can decide if she's got a mohawk or if she's sporting a mullet hawk. I don't exactly know what this is yet. Um, there you go, folks. Mullet hawks, they're coming. That's what Storm's mullet wearing hawk. this. It's a mullet hawk. Um, I, I, I really, can see Frank work, work, working a mullet hawk. I could see that too. A, a what? A mullet hawk. Hawk, yes. I liked it. Um. The way this guy draws Ilyana's shoulder pad looks so stupid because this is what it would really look like. I think that's the one thing I'm noticing is the exaggeratedness of Ramos really doesn't work with an artist that draws real life. And to me, these are kind of <laughs> yeah, real life. I mean, even his um, old man Logan, the, the sideburns actually look like hair and not just one solid piece. As for the story, it's interesting that when they go into um, Nightcrawler's brain, you're seeing things that we've seen. So we see the return when he was on the boat with the Bamfs, and we see when Professor X first rescued him. Uh, I, I just, I really liked this issue. For the first time, I have enjoyed this book. Well, 
We're on seven issues now for that book. We have, uh, we're I think we have three issues of un, canny, uncanny. We're getting ready to have I think it's six or seven issues of all new X Men. We have four or five of Wolverine. So, so it seems like the X Men uh, post Secret Wars is uh, they're kind of trying to work on their status quo right now. How do you think all the other books are working together? You know. So they're not. That's just it. There's That's the no thing. there's no yeah, no There's book, no cohesion yet. Not yet. Do you think there and, will be? And this whole thing about I'm really sick of um this eight month what Cyclops did thing is I don't know if you were reading it. They haven't but revealed it yet. It took forever to learn who the Red Hulk was. And by the time they finally revealed it, no one gave a shit. Yeah. When you prolong something, so like you try to add little tidbits. The general story overall, I, I, you got to tell us now. I'm really sick of, let's not wait too long to tell us this eight-month gap story. I know they're building up to it, and the film is coming, so the next couple issues of all the X books are going to be the Apocalypse yeah, about War. Apocalypse, yeah. And I, I feel like that was really bad because- Timing. I think it's bad timing. It is, because you just started these books, you're already eight months later, and now you're going into something to show the public- that, hey, look, there's an Apocalypse movie, let's use him. And while I think it's a great idea to use, I just feel like maybe we need a little more of what Scott did. I just want to know more about the the uh, Mpox. Like, I want, I want there to be... The legacy virus? <laughs> I want there to be something going on between the mutants and the Inhumans. And over in Uncanny Inhumans this week, they mentioned that about yes. what... Um, the Queen Medusa is doing about that and how she wants to unite. It's funny. Did you read it yet? Uh, Uncanny and humans? Not yet. So you learn what those spires are that are all over. Mm-hmm. And it's something worse coming. So Medusa really wants to try to unite the new humans and the regular inhumans and the mutants and, and everyone to try to fight against this because something bad is coming. And well, God, there's always like, something coming. I know. Um. So it's just interesting that now you have Beast. What? I'm just thinking what could be bad coming. It's like a hairdresser to cut her hair or something. I don't know. Maybe. Dun dun dun. <laughs> uh, I just feel like you've got these X books, which are still each one is like its own little. You've got um, Extraordinary, which is locating the mutants and taking them to hell or to limbo. You've got um. Colossus, which is going to be like the new mentor to the youth. Then you've got Uncanny X-Men, which are hunting down the Dark Riders because the Dark Riders are killing the mutants. And, well, they seem to be the only proactive <laughs> ones. The Magneto's team yeah. seems to be the only proactive. Um, Frank chimes in and says, um, has she, meaning Medusa, tried talking to the Unity Squad? No, but she's had sex with one of them. So Probably more of them the way she's been more. going. Yeah, her and Johnny Storm. Oh, well, no, I guess Johnny Storm's not really part of the Unity Squad. Yeah, well, he is. They made mention of that. Yeah. So, he's double dealing. But he's not really a mutant, so he can tap that without worrying about catching anything. So that's good. Wow. Right? What? It's She's a queen. I mean, come on. You know, that's kind of cool, I would think. Yeah, but banging your ex-girlfriend's sister. Yep. And they make mention of that. Have you told Crystal? No, not yet. 
now it's it, I think with that whole conversation, we're like dipping into Charles territory and his soap operas. <laughs> you know, seriously, I expect one of them to become pregnant all of a sudden. You know, so seriously, I expect like Medusa to be like, "I'm with child," and he's like, "Dun dun dun, who is the father?" And it's like, "Well, obviously it's Johnny." And then it's and but then it's Trit or Triton, and he's like, "No, the baby has comes gills. out with gills." <laughs> <laughs> like, no. So I just want to say, a uh, book that came out this week, guys, was the Midnighter Trade. Uh, we talked a lot about The Midnighter and how we really like this book. And you really need to support it. It's a gay hero. They do not shy away from it. It is set in DC continuity. It's got Grayson in it. It is a great book. And it's only fourteen ninety nine, which for DC is, you know, that's a good price for them. Yes. I cannot wait for it to go back to two ninety nine though. Seriously, I cannot wait. Other things out this Sorry, week Emily. was uh, Secret Six, which... Yes. Brought in Batgirl, the Burnside Batgirl, because there are people going after, well, I might as well just spoil it for you, uh, Lady Shiva is going after Strix. Which is awesome. And I really am shocked that she has not shown up in the TV show, in the, any of the TV shows. I think no, her sister be... in Arrow, but they can't, for some reason, Lady Shiva can't. I don't... Not her sister. I'm uh, thinking of the wrong person. Lady Shiva was... No, she's still the League of uh, well, she's Assassins. A, yeah, she was part of the League of Assassins, but they never... Talia is who I was thinking uh, well, of. Yeah, but, yeah, but they, they, they haven't showed her, and I really think that they needed to show her, or bring her into the show, because I think that she would be fantastic. And I've always thought that that was sad that they never really thought about adding more. I mean, if they're going to take all of Batman's, you know, a lot, well, not all of it, but a lot of Batman's stories and add it into, the, add it into Arrow... Which I'm fine with. Why can't they have Shiva? Like I, or Shiva. Like I, she's a really great character, and just bring her in and have her like training someone up. Like I, I really want to see uh, Overwatch Felicity learning how to fight, even when even though that she's in, she's in a wheelchair. Like I want. If you're gonna do that, what did that, you think about her wedding gift? Yeah. Exactly. Oh well, we shouldn't be talking about that. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll save it for the. We'll point say that five. for the point five. We'll save for the point five, you guys. We'll save for the point five. So always stay tuned for the point five. Always stay tuned for the point five. And as always, a special thank you to our sponsors because without them, we really wouldn't have a show. So I want to give a special thanks to Club Card Printing. They're the ones that help us do all of the fantastical prints that you see in our palm cards. And if we ever do posters, we're going to get them done there. So if you're in the San Francisco area or if you have a computer, check out clubcardprinting.com. We also want to thank Gene Gilmet. He does all the amazing artwork for the show. You can check him out at rltpress.com. Yes, Gene, I, I, and I don't take it personally that Rich is always trying to kill me. So, <laughs> Also want to give a special thanks to Terry Miller. She is the mistress of the mix board and makes all those lovely sounds that you hear uh, during the Geek Chat. Also want to give a special thanks to our major sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at 548 Castro Street in San Francisco, located between 18th and 19th. Check us out online at whateverstoreonline.com and on Facebook under Whatever Store. Thank you. So, yeah. I was talking about Johnny when I said that. He's a big old hoe. There's no slut shaming there. Johnny <laughs> likes to sleep around, remember? Yeah, he did. It's an all new, you know. It's all, all new, it's, all different Johnny. All new, all different Johnny. So, well, thank you all for tuning in. Farewell. Goodbye. Alvita saying goodbye.
<laughs> we can't say it because we, we load these and, and if we sing it too much it'll be um, yeah iTunes will reject yeah, us yeah iTunes will reject us for actually having a song but I think if we sing a little bit of it no we can't we'll just say bye we'll just say bye so bye all again oh, uh, always tune in you know to our show we love you all uh, thank you so much for listening come join the geek chat uh, on Facebook we love to talk to people um always stay tuned for more shows we had a nice little spirited talk in the group tonight it was really nice we did thank you so much you guys for tuning in and being a part of the show we love you bye